of the unique features of the Living Church of Jesus Christ is its ever-expanding body of fundamental spiritual knowledge about man's identity and purpose, which enlarges the memory of this people. Scripture declares that ye should consider on the blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. For behold, they are blessed in all things, and if they hold out faithful to the end, they are received into heaven and dwell with God in a state of never-ending happiness. We come having prayed and prepared. For many of us, there are pressing worries and earnest questions. We want to renew our faith in our Savior Jesus Christ strengthen our ability to resist temptation and avoid distractions. We come to be taught from on high. The purpose of this and every general conference is to help us to hear him. Welcome to Conference Talk with me, Kevin, and Shelby. And Shelby, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest today? Yes, we have a guest, and I love her a lot, and I'm biased because I'm her sister, but we have my sister here, Brinley Williams, and she is amazing. And if there's any single guys listening to this, she's single. But Brinley, um, I'll give a little brief introduction. She can add after I'm done if she wants to say anything. Um, she went to BYU Hawaii, got her associates there, and then went and lived a magical life in Florida and worked at Disney World. And then she recently just made a huge trek from Florida to Utah in the middle of a pandemic because she had to move because her lease was up. So Brinley is pretty much a stud. Yeah, Bryn, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, that pretty much covers it. <laughs> Anyway, so she's going to be our virtual guest today. She's on FaceTime, so that's why her voice sounds a little bit different, but yeah. you can still hear her. We, we tested the audio. So. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, super, super grateful for Brinley taking some time uh, out of her busy schedule <laughs> yeah. to and join us. Kevin, why did you want a guest this week? That was cool. a girl specifically. Oh, okay. Or, yeah, or a sister. Right. Yeah. Uh, ba <laughs> basically, you know, well, this this talk that we're going to be covering uh, from general conference, this uh, last conference um, titled an, an especially noble calling. Now, I guess at face value, it's like the the sister talk, right? Like it's the one that's kind of directed to the sisters because it is. Sister Joydy Jones from the primary general presidency, but it's the primary general presidency that includes both young little boys and little girls. So, you know, it and anything that a general authority shares at the pulpit in conference is for the benefit of all the saints, uh, young or old, male, female, doesn't matter. But because it does focus on women and their special um, their special callings and responsibilities in the kingdom of God, I immediately thought of one of the, other than my wife, Shelby, 
one of the only other wonder women that I knew uh, who were members of the church, and that was Brinley. Oh, thanks, Kev. <laughs> she just gave you a little heart. Yeah. That's cute. I love that. Well. Let's dive in. Yeah. Um, I have a thought, like, right off the bat. So this talk is an especially noble calling, and it really does, it does put the focus on women, like Kevin was saying, but today is actually 10 years ago today that we lost our grandma, Brinley, and what a more fitting talk to be talking about, because it talks about a woman's influence in this talk, and still after my grandma's death such a great influence in my life today still. And I'm sure Brinley can attest to that as well. So it's actually very interesting because I think the quote says the, that a righteous woman in the latter days, like these last days, will have a tenfold or ten times more effect than a righteous woman in tranquil times, which I found that really interesting um, that when we're in more perilous times, the righteous influence is a lot bigger. And that doesn't have to be just women, but for anybody to be righteous and to be um, giving an example, right, of how to live yeah. the gospel of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> what do you think about that, Bryn? <laughs> um, I mean, I agree. Um, it's, it's a hard time that we live in and it can be especially hard to be a woman in these times. Not that it's not hard to be a man because it is <laughs> just different challenges for women. Um, and I thought it was interesting too, that she said it can be tenfold what it more, what it might be in tranquil times or whatever the quote was. Um, Cause I think it just kind of speaks to the influence that a woman can have, especially in today's times when society tells us to be one thing, but God tells us to be another thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I kind of think back to the the scripture about like a city on the hill or even, you know, you don't um, place a, a candlestick underneath a bushel. Right. Like mm -hmm. the the impact of a righteous woman in these latter days, even perilous times, uh, times of confusion it's because they are um, at the forefront leading in the church, right? They're not, you know, in, in back in the day, right? Like 200 years ago and, and back, well, even, shoot, even 60 years ago, mm -hmm. a woman may have been prevented from being in a leadership position or at the forefront of a cause, um, but that's not the case today. Right. They they're super visible. They're super active. And they, they definitely have equal footing um, in a lot of regards, especially in the kingdom of God. I had a question for both of you and whoever wants to answer first. It came to my mind. What does a righteous woman look like? Like, I know that's a loaded question, but I guess what comes to your guys' mind at first. Wait, I can go if you want. Yeah, go for it. Um, I think it's someone that knows what God's plan is for her. Mm -hmm. um, the first thing that comes to my mind is just someone that's nice to everyone and does their best to help everyone around them. Um, 
but Sister Jones in the talk said, you know, we have the especially noble calling and we have a divine errand and it's time to take our place or some of the things that she said. And when I heard that, I was like, well, that's, that's kind of overwhelming, you know, like that's a lot, it's a lot to put on, to put on women today. Um, But then she follows by saying that if we cleave to God and we receive revelation from him, then we will know what, what our place is and what our calling is. And so I think once you receive that revelation from God, even if it's just a little bit, it probably won't all come at once, just the next mm-hmm. step you're supposed to take. I think that is probably, at least to me, the best example of a righteous woman. So almost, if I can piggyback off you, I love what you said about knowing God's plan for her specifically, because it doesn't mean she knows the whole plan, but it does mean that she moves forward with piece by piece that she's given. That's, right. that's a really good insight. Like amazing. Um, and that can apply to anybody, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's that, not just women. That can right. to anyone. Like even a little child. Yeah. Very interesting. I thought when you asked that question, Shelm, mm-hmm. I actually thought the word confidence came to my mind very immediately. Um, so what does a, a righteous woman look like? A confident woman, but confident in terms of like, like uh, divine nature and godliness. Like understanding and worth. Right. A hundred percent. So I wish that you guys could see, but <laughs> I talk about this all the time. Um, I learned it in like a psychology class when I was in uh, at BYU Idaho, and my professor he wrote on the board. No, if you can picture a bullseye with three rings, at the very center is your worth, and your worth is unchangeable, and that is that you're a child of God. And then on the outside, the second ring is your esteem, and then on the outside of that is your confidence. What Kevin's talking about. And he talked about if you build from the inside out, that's the way God wants you to build, right? From knowing that you're a child of God to your esteem, feeling better about who you are, because that's your relationship with you, then to your, and that will show in your relationship to others, confidence. But if you try to build from the outside in, so try to just have this so-called fake confidence and build into a self-worth those confidence with other people and other things. That's not with God. You're not starting with God first, right? You're, you're starting with the world's confidence and you're not really going to get far going into that circle. So I know, I don't know if that makes sense explaining it, but yeah, when you think of confidence in that sense, that's a, that's a person who has known their worth and their esteem and then, has acted on that to be confident, not in themselves, but in God, because that's where they get their worth from. Right. It's very interesting. That's cool. Yeah. I like psychology. (laughs) Brinley knows that too. Do you have any thoughts, Brinley, before we move on? Um, I don't know. No. So to, to kind of, I guess to pull on the thread of what you were talking about, Shelby, mm-hmm. um, you know, there, there is this action 
there's like an action on our part that we have to do, right? To, to fully realize our potential, our calling in life, even, even in a temporary calling that we are assigned, like there is some work that has to be uh, put into it. Like you have to learn some ins and outs. You have to learn where your uh, authority lies and, and where it ends. Um, I just, my, my favorite part, cause we haven't really talked about our favorite parts of the talk yet, oh, yeah. but my favorite part of this talk is when it cuts to that, uh, this video clip of president Nelson and sister Jones and all these kids in like a, I think it says a replica of the Smith family home, uh, the Joseph Smith family in Palmyra, New York. And basically just kind of, I'm sure our listeners have listened to it and seen it, but very briefly, there's all these children and sister Jones asks the children, like, (laughs) haven't you ever wanted to ask a prophet a question? Here's your chance. And this little girl, Pearl, she, (laughs) (laughs) she raises her hand and she asks like, is it hard to be a prophet? Right. And president Nelson is like, yeah, <laughs> he's like, it, it is hard, but that's good because, well, first and foremost, the Lord loves effort. He loves the effort that we put into becoming more like him. And it also shows our our desire, like our choice, mm-hmm. very important, our choice to be like him. It's not a passive thing. And so with with all of this that we've talked about thus far, like how do we how do we connect those dots? Like coming into our own as confident disciples of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and knowing the value of the work that we're putting in to do it. Like how do we get there? Yeah, like what what does that what does that look like? A disciple of Christ working to become like the savior. I think a lot of it comes from revelation. Oh my (laughs) gosh. You were right on my wavelength. That was crazy. (laughs) Keep going. Um, There's a, there's a little quote that sister John says after that says he doesn't expect perfection today, Hmm. meaning the Lord, the Lord doesn't expect perfection today. Um, and so I think as we're, we're trying to receive revelation and, and if we're getting it or we're not, as long as we're trying, the Lord knows that we're trying. He knows our efforts and he is very aware of the desires of our hearts and we know what to do through revelation. Yeah. I mean, if I can piggyback off of Brinley right away, the word revelation came to my head. And I realized that that's how a person, and in this case, we're, we're talking about women, but any individual, the way they get from point A to point B to become who God wants them to be and recognize their confidence is through revelation. Now, how does that revelation come? That comes through scriptures. That comes through temple attendance. That comes through talking about things with your friends and gospel topics and setting aside the things of the world and looking for the things of God. That's how it comes, right? It's not the easiest to do. 
It's not the easiest at first to learn how God speaks to you and how you specifically receive revelation. But when you start paying attention, it comes. You realize it. Like, I remember on my mission, one of my favorite companions, Adreli, we should have her on this podcast. Anyway, she <laughs> she told me, she's like, you know, I just, I just say a prayer and then a scripture comes to my mind. And I thought to myself, I've never done that. Like, I've never tried that before. And I remember I just thought, well, if Adreli can do it, I can too. So I just knelt down that personal study when I said, Heavenly Father, I want to know. I don't even know what it was. Just something I'd been wanting to know. And right away, scripture came into my mind. And then it just was like a uphill revelation from there. Like it just hmm. went up. And it's continually gone up as I've continued to seek for revelation, right? There's been times where maybe I'm not paying I'm not heightened. I'm not paying attention. Um, but it's there. We just have to look for it. So something that you brought up, um, and whether you did so purposefully or if you were just speaking by the Spirit, uh, well, you're definitely doing that. But um, you talked about, you know, not not looking for things of the world, but, you know, looking for things of God. Right. Um, and that's something that Sister Jones quotes from the Doctrine and Covenants, uh, section 25. She quotes twice, which is the Lord speaking to Emma Smith about, um, oh, where is it? It's, she, he, he does say, Exactly that. Lay aside the things of this world. Seek for the things of a better world. Cleave unto your covenants. And. And to receive the Holy Ghost. Right. So like. I'm I'm kind of humbled that I'm in y'all's presence because you you've really you really honed in on like the deeper level of this talk. Right. It's it's all about receiving personal revelation, which enables you to be a fully like proactive, confident, impactful disciple of Jesus Christ. Because it's one thing to just be the studious disciple who is all up in the scriptures and knows every doctrine and, and lives as best as they can. But then it's also to be the one that's out like, making well, leading by example, making an impact in their community, um, beyond their family, even, you know, in the world, mm -hmm. because, you know, we talk about this, uh, all the time in the book of Mormon podcast that we do, but like gathering Israel is a real thing. We, you know, and, and to do it most effectively, we are going to have to get out of our houses. Right. Brinley, I'm going to throw you on the spot here. Okay. And it has to do with Kevin's thought about gathering Israel. A lot of what I learned about Revelation in my life was probably about a year or two before my mission. And then I like skyrocketed, I would say, on my mission about Revelation. <laughs> now, you haven't served a mission, right? No. 
What were you doing? Oh, that was skyrocketing. Oh, Kevin. Sorry, y'all. Kevin put two fingers up and I was confused. (laughs) Anyway, um, you haven't served a mission, which is perfectly fine. And I am amazed at how you've learned to receive revelation in your life. So how did how'd you do that? Like what choices did you make? What decisions did you make? Like what did that look like? Well, <laughs> um, I think a lot of it came from desire. Hmm. I think that was kind of the root of, it was when President Nelson asked us to strengthen ourselves to receive spiritual revelation or whatever the quote was that he said. Yeah. I was like, you know, I, sh- I should probably, should probably work on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I, I knew I always like felt the spirit when I would, you know, like listen to hymns or, or something like that. But I was like, there has, there has to be more. Right. Right. Um, and so I had this desire to want to receive revelation. Um, and so, you know, I did what the prophet said and I started reading the book of Mormon every day and I started, you know, doing come follow me every day. And just through that, I've gained just kind of this, I guess, testimony of revelation. Not that I've had this like set of prayer and scripture came to mind and I knew that that was it, but just like this comforting presence mm-hmm. to know that like everything's going to be okay and everything's going to work out. And I have this like constant hope within me that things are going to get better. And so I would say that's kind of how revelation works for me is it's just kind of like a steady, a steady presence of peace, I guess. Right. That makes like a steady assurance. Yeah. And I guess my point in talking about the mission and gathering Zion is because you've called me with experiences of, hey, I had a feeling or I had a thought about this person and this is what happened. And it was this really cool story, which shows that you do not have to have served a mission to have had this really cool gathering Israel experience, right? Like you can take it where you are right now, whether you've served or not and move forward with that in your life and and multiply and expand. For me, I learned a lot of it on the mission, but you're learning it just because you're following the prophet, right? Like that's all I was doing. I just happened to be- I'm trying. trying. (laughs) Just happened to be a missionary. But I think like what- what I'm trying to get at is that it at the end, this is the very end of her talk, but she says our biggest role is to hear, follow, trust, and become an extension of his love. So our biggest desire should be to become like Jesus Christ. And what you talked about with desire, you did that. You did exactly that. You built the desire and that desire was to become like your savior, whether you knew it or not. And you're becoming like him slowly but surely, right? But I think it's also important to note that it it's not easy. Like I'm still right. I'm still learning every day. There's still challenges. There's still some days that Satan really works on me. He says, you, you don't need to read today. Like you don't need to pray today. It's fine. You can skip one day. Right. You know, it's 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 hard. It's not an easy thing to do. And it's definitely been one of the harder things that I've done. But the right. reward has been worth it. And that's why the Lord loves effort. Exactly. 
<laughs> what are you thinking, Kev? Um, I'm thinking about a lot of different things, and I'm I'm trying to piece them together, um, <laughs> and I'm kind of like trying to com- like compact it into the time that we have left. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, Sister Jones' uh, little little part of the talk where she talks about general conference overwhelm, <laughs> which I've never heard that before. She makes it sound like it's something commonly referred to, but right. it's probably it's, a Utah thing. Maybe. That's <laughs> <laughs> non-Utahans over here. Yeah. But it's effectively, you know, we leave general conference on a spiritual high, as I've talked about before, mm-hmm. and you are determined to do it all now. Like everything that you've ever wanted to do with regard to the gospel and your personal devotion, you're just going to do it. Right. And then because you cannot do it, <laughs> there's still reality waiting, right. waiting for you. Um, you feel kind of like discouraged after the fact, you're like, Oh, I guess I'm either I'm not faithful enough or I'm not ready or like, I'm not in the right place at the right time, all these things. Then she says that, you know, women specifically wear many hats. She says, but it's not, um, it's impossible and unnecessary to wear them all at once. And I just think of that as like kind of a, a reassurance to all disciples who it's almost like, you know, Shelby, like you brought up like the mission thing. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes people feel like, oh, well, I have to put my missionary hat on mm-hmm. when I'm out and about. And, and you know, if I'm 100% focused on that, then um, maybe I'll miss these other things or, or vice versa, right? Like if I don't have my missionary hat securely fitted on my head at all times, I'm going to miss an opportunity to share the gospel. And then somebody's family for generations is not going to be blessed by the gospel, right? Mm. That's not really how it works, right? You need to be receptive. You need to be prepared. A lot of that preparation comes from exactly what Brenly's talking about, which is reading and praying and seeking revelatory experiences in the temple, uh, at church, at general conference or listening to general conference talks. Um, But you definitely don't have to be a super disciple all the time. And when I say that, I mean like you don't have to be wearing a specific hat to be of use in the, in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. What do you, do y'all, would y'all agree? What do you think about that? I think that every hat that a person puts on, no matter what it is, if they're following the example of Jesus Christ and striving for that revelation will automatically bring you blessings and opportunities wherever you go. Hmm. As long as you're heeding them, whether that's your mom hat, your missionary hat, your wife hat, your work hat, your best friend hat, your long lost friend hat, whatever it is, whatever you put on, as long as you're seeking the spirit, I think that you won't miss an opportunity. And if you do, that's why there's the atonement of Jesus Christ. <laughs> hmm. Right? Thank goodness. Yeah, I think just along with that, if you're you're striving to be like Christ and you're striving to 
become that righteous woman and, and follow the revelation that you've received, then, you know, you'll, you'll be okay. And you'll get presented with opportunities if it is in the Lord's plan for you. And you'll know. Mm-hmm. You'll feel that reassurance that Brindley was talking about that you're building up the kingdom of God. Because she talks about in the very beginning of our talk how they, how many women years ago built a foundation. And we continue building on that foundation today. And that foundation, a.k.a. is the kingdom of God on the earth today. And women have a big role in raising that up. Um, so one thing that I wanted to, to bring up was, and maybe we can close on this is going back to the reference uh, in section 25 of the Doctrine and Covenants where it talks about laying aside the things of this world and then seeking for things of a better world. Sister Jones talks about how, you know, our our learning that, that we receive from the Holy Ghost it teaches us what is needful for each of us to lay aside, meaning that which could distract or delay our progression. Mm-hmm. I almost want to ask, what are some things that distract each of us or uh, delay our progression? I mean, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is social media, <sighs> right? Like... Instagram, Facebook, like, you know, just, just those things that are super easy. If your phone is right next to you and you're trying to read and a little notification pops up, all of a sudden you're on your phone and maybe you've like lost the spirit that you had or the train of thought that you were on or something like that. But I don't think it's always social media running for me is one. If I'm going to be honest here, (laughs) I, I, um, sometimes put that at a higher priority than, reading my scriptures because I love it so much. And so that could also, even if running is not a bad thing and social media is not a bad thing, but if they're taking you away from receiving the spirit and receiving revelation, then maybe they are. Yeah. No, that's a good thought for me. What came to my mind at first was, um, and I confess this to Kevin, but I had downloaded a game called homescapes. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Free advertisement. <laughs> yeah. Don't get it. <laughs> don't get it. It's just, it's very similar to Candy Crush, but there's an object. You're kind of building like a town. So you have to pass a level to like build something. And it was fun. And, but I realized that it was taking a lot of my time like this past. Well, I think I deleted it like over the weekend, but the week, not this past week, but the week going on. Goodness gracious, like that was a big distraction that definitely delayed me from doing other things, right? And so there's, that's just one example, but I also think it's like for me, a way to, that I'm trying to become more like my savior right now is just to uh, create the habit of working out, right? Mm -hmm. Like getting in better shape and healthier shape. And so sometimes that's, that's hard, that really does require effort when it's not necessarily something I love. I'm glad it's something Brinley loves, but <laughs> I'm trying to grow a love for it. So those are just some things that came to my mind. 
before I divulge my distract, what distracts me, I kind of want to dig a little deeper into that. I, the, what Brinley said about social media, because, you know, we, it's almost like a dirty word in, in the, in the, like in the church culture, like we love to talk bad about social media and yet there are so, so many positive things associated with it as well. I think that the, the real negative or distracting parts of it, or especially things that could delay our progression, quote unquote, are like, let's say you're, you're on social media for maybe a noble purpose or just a, uh, just a passive purpose. And then you see someone's, whether it's intentionally fabricated lifestyle or otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just a cool picture that they wanted to post of them hanging out with their family. But now because you have this kind of limited view, perspective. yeah, perspective, you're seeing it and being like, oh, like they have like this amazing life and you start to kind of like degrade yourself. Uh, yeah. So I think that's where confidence comes in mm-hmm. because if you know the Lord's plan, and you look at someone off in the Bahamas. Oh, look at me. I'm on this yacht. Um, cool. That's awesome. Because I know that their life isn't really like that. Mm. Because I know God's plan. And I know that they have hard trials as well. So I don't even go there on social media. That's me personally. I don't know. It took me a while to get there. Doesn't mean I can't digress. I don't want to. But I genuinely look at people now and I'm like, yeah, that's one half of the story, but where's the reality part of the story, right? I don't know. This is my thought on it. Because if you have confidence, you're not gonna you're not gonna look at them and wish you were them. You're gonna be grateful you are who you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fair enough. I like that. Brilliant. On the other hand, <laughs> okay, yeah, they got they really I think look I think it is okay to see someone on a yacht at the beach in the Bahamas on your Instagram and be a little bit jealous. Okay, yeah, think, you're natural. I man. think that's okay. I yeah. think that's okay to be like, man, you know, I wish I was on a yacht in the beach in the Bahamas. Like, that'd be pretty cool. Gotcha. But as long as, I think, as long as you like stop it there, like, yeah, that'd be cool, but that's not me and that's okay because my mm-hmm. life is still pretty cool, you know? Right. I don't think it'd be pretty hard to look at that and not be jealous. Want you to know? be there. That's I a very healthy coping mechanism that you have that I think is very awesome and I hope I can be like that one day because I do see pictures like that and I do get jealous and not that I'm not confident in myself it's just I kind of I wish like you know I could do something like that but I still know that they have trials too and I still know that their life isn't what they make it out to be because no one's going to put their trials on Instagram right you're, you're going to put when you're living Happy. your best life yeah there's a healthy jealousy there right like yes. there's a healthy oh man, I wish, but then your spiritual side kicks in and is like, but it's okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good point. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I really like both of those comments and it gives us kind of a full, a full picture there. We, we have some other stuff going on tonight. And so we're gonna, we're gonna close it up. I do want to just share the things that distract me and it's more of a general thing, but all of my passions 
so the, the things that I'm really passionate about, like I, I love to write creatively. I love working out. I love just learning new little things and putting them together. Um, and sometimes those, those do detract from progression with like even Shelby and I, like our, our time together though, I've gotten really good. I -hmm. think about setting boundaries with my passions and not letting them creep over into my personal time. Mm -hmm. For some people, it could be work. Work can really distract you. If you're like, if you go to work and you're just, you're killing it. Right. And you're really about doing a great job at your work, at your workplace that can also distract you and delay your progression as a, as a disciple of Christ, even though we as disciples of Christ do still like we take our work really seriously and we want to be good employees, but doesn't mean we have to take everything home and let that encroach on the, on the home. And so those are just a few thoughts that I had. Um, I, uh, I'm really grateful for the time that we've been able to spend tonight. Um, do either of y'all have any thoughts before we close it out? No, I just think at the root of this talk is understanding how to receive revelation and for women specifically to understand their role in the kingdom of God. And I think anybody can take away from that talk um, the same things that I just said and apply it specifically to them. So those are my final thoughts. Yeah, I'm just going to kind of say the same thing that I think (laughs) women are awesome. And their role in the church is just as important as anyone else's. And that it is important to receive that revelation from God to know exactly what your role is and what your your purpose is. Yep. Awesome. Well, so next, uh, next week, we're going to move on to Elder Neil L. Anderson's talk uh, titled Spiritually Defining Memories. I like this talk. Yeah. So definitely read it, definitely mm-hmm. listen to it, note take on it, and we'll, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for being with us, Bryn. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye.